This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Future CEOs here on Cliff Central. What a great song to introduce what we are doing here today. We've got some great guests and you're looking fantastic. Happy Wait, Spring Day. Happy Spring Day. And there's so much going on at Cliff Central. Well, I, I don't know if we can say Cliff Central. We have to say Touch Central Touch and, Cliff, and, and Cliff, Cliff Central. Central. Because, yeah, we, today was the launch of a brand new, uh, what do we call it? Streaming, new, streaming service. Music, music coming from... Everybody, but straight into live streaming. So it really is revolutionary. A, a revolutionary and a different a, a level of just, you know, connecting people. And it's so great to be in a space where people are creative, Gareth. Well, I, I like that you introduce it that way because I think we have a guest that had to be a little bit creative in his journey. Let's just quickly introduce the show. What do we do here? Well, if you can say to the question, um, are you a future CEO? If you can say yes to that, well, then this is really the show for you. What do we do here, Libby? We love to fast track and grow your businesses. So if you are an ambitious entrepreneur or a high potential executive, this is the show for you. It really, really is. Let's get into one of the really high potentials, or he, maybe he showed potential and now he's showing even more of it now. Let's get in, into that. Bruni. Welcome to the show, Welcome. and uh, please tell everyone who you are, uh, because you've got a nice resume, so if you don't brag, we'll brag for you. <laughs> Welcome, who are you? Awesome, how's it guys? Um, I'm Bruni. Who's Bruni? Uh, every time people ask me that question, I always start by saying, Le Shoa Nono, Bruni, yeah. is okay. a son of a domestic worker and a bricklayer. And mm, wow. for me, that's always so important to start it that way, because a lot of... Um, Children that come from that kind of background where they have their mothers as domestics and their fathers as bricklayers and stuff like that, they almost feel like they're starting life on the back foot, right? Sure. Um, I mean, an example I always make is, like, my parents might have not have had everything, but they sure tried their level best to give me what I needed at the time, right? Mm. So I went to good schools. Um, I mean, can I name drop you? So I went to Bligari Primary School. And uh, Roosevelt High, so obviously both Model C schools. Um, so something I always say to people is I might not have had all the technologies and that that my classmates and all of that had, but the small little bit that my parents were able to give me, I was very grateful for, and I knew that I needed to turn that around. So Holden, d- did you feel like you were on the back foot? You were looking around, you, you looked at the people that you were associating with. Did you feel that way, in, certainly initially anyway? Gareth, so initially, yeah, um, I did feel like I'm on the back foot. Well, I mean, well, and just tell us what that felt like. I mean, what did it really feel like? Uh, I think we we all experience it to one extent or another. Let's talk about what it felt like and then how you overcame those feelings. Sure. So the initial feeling is, why don't I have those Speedo swimming glasses, mm. for example, right? And, mm. and then you think, does that now mean – because I can't afford those glasses, I can't be on the swimming team. And the general answer is no, right? If if you want to be on that swimming team, you can be on that swimming team. And, I mean, if you voice yourself enough, you can get those those glasses. But I, I guess the feeling is, the answer, the logical answer is no, but the emotional answer, which often is where we make decisions, certainly early on in our life when we're these young people who are growing up not quite knowing who we are just yet, we make emotional decisions. How did you then deal with that um, on an emotional level, emotive level, uh, versus just this idea of logic and, well, actually I can? Look, um in my family, we've always had a saying, well, it's not just in my family, in our culture, we've got a saying, 
which means you can only help someone who's trying to help themselves. Okay. Right? Um, and I've, I've lived most of my life based on that saying. So every time I felt like that, um, so, so when the logic said no, <laughs> um, and the emotion kind of supported that, but as soon as I thought of that, then I thought, no, no, no. You know what? If, if I'm going to try and do or be anything, I need to take the first step, mm, right? Very nice. ABV construction. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> when did the entrepreneurial bug bite? Sure. Um, How did you know that you didn't want to play it ordinary, that you wanted to create as I opened up the show with? So I'm going to take it a little bit Creation. back here. Take it back, baby. Take it back. Age uh, 12. Mm. Matrix computers. Yeah. That's where it all started. Okay. Right? Um, those are the days of Counter-Strike, if anyone remembers those. <laughs> I, th- I think every young man... A young boy. I'm right. <laughs> Hold on. Not, not young boy. Sorry. <laughs> it's a man's game. All right. Anyway, Britain, Britain, go, go. Carry on, go. Carry on, go. <laughs> so, so Counter-Strike was on the lips of everyone at school. Of course. Obviously, they had, um, <laughs> sure, Pentium 2s back then, yeah, right? So, yeah, hey. uh, and obviously, Brittany didn't have a computer, so I couldn't say much about Counter-Strike. So I decided, you know what, like, what am I going to do to be able to start talking about Counter-Strike at break time as mm. well? The logical thing was get a computer. The next logical thing was ask mom and dad for a computer, sure. right? So I asked mom and dad for a computer. They're like, listen, there's more important things we can do with Money right now than getting your computer so you can play your games. Sure. So down the road there was a um, little computer shop called Matrix Computers. I went there, asked Martin, "Listen, on weekends, do you mind if I just come help around?" He's like, "What are you going to do? You're a little twelve-year-old, right?" So I was like, "You know what? I'm not even looking to work for money. I just want to work for a computer, right? Because I just, I just want to play Counter Strike. That's just <laughs> what's on my mind at the time, right?" Wow. Yeah. So your first real negotiation was actually not for money. Very nice. I like it. Nice, so, so anyway, so this um, guy decides to give me a break. On the weekends, there I was helping out around the shop, etc. Fast forward a couple of weeks, he says, listen, I think you've worked hard enough um, to earn yourself a computer. Wow. So I was like, Sorry, wow. How, how long? Just repeat that? Wow. A couple of weeks. Just but, a couple of weeks? Well, you must like, have been working really hard. <laughs> Well, how long is a couple, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Um, so anyway, so he says, here's his computer. And I looked at this motherboard and I was like, but where's the computer? So he says, no, this is your computer. This is the motherboard. The motherboard makes a computer, right? So I was a little bit confused. And he says to me, he says, no, you weren't specific enough. You didn't say you wanted a working, functioning computer oh, with the monitor. With the mouse, yeah. with the keyboard. Ah, uh, what a what a tricky <laughs> tricky guy, right? But but I mean, then of course there are these lessons that are coming out of all of this. So be be specific. You must work hard. There is actually a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Um, just fast forward us then through this this journey. So matrix computers, you get a motherboard. Um, where next? Hundred percent. So eventually I work a couple more weeks. Or so like once again, how long's a couple? But anyway. So eventually I get to work hard enough to build this computer with the mouse, keyboard, the whole shebang. And once it had all come together, I then realized I've actually now learned how to assemble and disassemble computers. Okay. So I actually don't want this computer for Counter-Strike anymore. So then I started offering to type up people's CVs wow. and handwrite them and I'd, I'd type them up on this computer. Yeah, nice. um, I started helping my friends that were playing Counter-Strike, but when their computers packed up, 
guess where they went. So they came to me, and then so that's pretty much where uh, I then started learning the trick of bartering or trading or, or being in business, if you want to so um, call it that. Then, then your your business that you now are the CEO of, and a young CEO certainly, uh, is not a young business. I understand that it was your father's business originally. Um, it, it potentially, or well, let me rather say it, it didn't reach its potential. And the, I think there's some just you've got some thoughts around why it didn't. Maybe you can share those as we go into this conversation. But um, you, you just then decided, or at what point did you decide that your father's business was going to be the business that you then wanted to run? Which I, which I approve of, by the way. I don't like this idea of always reinventing wheels. I mean, if there's groundwork, let's use the groundwork that's available to us. Where did it turn for you so that you became the CEO of a construction company? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I used to work with my dad during school holidays and, and all of that, and I saw, the, I saw the passion that he had for the business, and I always thought, I mean, uh, such a messy industry, you know mm. what I'm saying, like bricks and cement and but as time went on, I mean, obviously, then I went and studied other things other than other than construction, but then did a little bit of construction studies and that. But when my dad started talking retirement, and no no one else in the family wanted to take the business, right? You're the, you're the youngest of five siblings, yes? I'm the youngest of five siblings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no one wanted the business. And I thought, this is such a shame. Like, mm. my dad started this business in 1986, and now it's just going to go to the ground, right? So... Yes, it's, it's, it's not a listed company. Yes, it's, it's, I mean, at the time it wasn't bringing in millions and millions of rands in turnover. I mean, he was pretty much running it like a subsistent farmer, right? So I then took the decision to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this upon my shoulders. So here I go, mm. right? I had a chat with my dad. This is at about age 18. I had a chat with my dad. I said, really? um, yeah. 18. I said, listen, uh, I think when you retire, I want to take over the business. Very nice. And yeah. he said, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> As he would, I guess, right? Especially if you're 18 years old. But it really points to some of the ambition that you, that you have, the, the vision that you had for yourself personally, which is a, a fascinating conversation in, in and of itself. Um, Luby, you're very quiet today. I love these you're, stories. You're contemplating. I love, I really, I'm just, uh, 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 you know what? I think so many people complain they don't have this, they don't have that, so they can't do that. And you're just testimony that you have to just deal with it, move on, and create something with the hands that you've been dealt with. And I think it's so brave and so honorable of you to just carry on a family legacy, a generational legacy. But that's the good stuff. Tell us the bad stuff. Mm. Tell us <laughs> the, the down times. Tell us the real challenges that you've been going through. Shall we set the scene? So you're 18. You, you said to your dad, "Look, um, I'm going to take over the business." Your yeah. dad said, "You're right," but actually, you went and you pushed and and you prodded and you you said what needed to be say, said so you could take it over. There's, there's the scene set. Over to you. What are some of the tough tough, tough times? Yeah. Sure. So I think the first tough thing there is okay. Cool. So now your own dad doesn't even think you can take over the business, um, right? What a blow! What a blow! Right. Um, so went into my gap year. Worked. Thought about a strategy How am I going to do this So I thought You know what The only way This is going to happen Is if I actually Earn my dad's respect Right So I approached A mate of mine I said listen Let's register a company um, A construction company 
and compete and compete. Wow, correct. So, Smart. Yeah, very nice. Like that. So we registered it. Um, then we approached my dad and we said, "Listen, we've got this small little construction company. Do you think you could sub out some work to us?" So he subbed out a small little tiling job. We did the small little tiling job, and while I was there, I started offering to to run some of his operations while he was at other sites, and I'd run some of his operations there. And I mean, it just grew from there, right? So then he subbed like more and more and more work to us. And see, so eventually I said, listen, I think like Abram Construction's time has come to an end now. So let's switch this over to ABV Construction. Um, you know, I mean, it's still your legacy. I just started ABV Construction to be able to, to compete and show you that we, I can actually run this business. We've got what it takes, and I mean, I've, I've also got the family's interest at heart, mm. and I'd like to grow the business. Oh, very and nice. Mistakes you made early on, though? What, what, just some, you look back and you say, man, I was so naive and so lucky we got through that. What, 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 one or two of those? Sure. So I think one that resonates with me a lot is, is when I was still in the corporate world, okay. right? Um, with Fake Group Financial Services. And <laughs> it was such a simple task. I mean, it was just make a couple of extension cables, right? Plug them in and let's go. But the problem is you're in such a big company and you're given such a sm- small task to you, right? So to us, it felt like such a small task. Mm. So didn't really pay much attention. And we thought, oh, yeah, right, like just a couple of extension cables. And before we knew it, one of the extension cables wasn't connected properly. Plugged okay. it in, boom. Boom. Downtime. Ah. Like, <laughs> oh so the whole company went out, right? And Yeah, ouch. So that was a, that was a very hectic lesson for us then, um, cause I was with a mate. And I just, uh, I remember thinking so clearly that, like, we really, really need to start paying attention and we really need to understand the value of what we're doing, right? So, I mean, it may seem small to us, but in the greater scheme of things, it, it all adds up. And I remember my mentor, Grant, saying at the time that, like, it's all like a bicycle chain, right? So if, if one link is, is too weak or if mm. one link is missing, this this mechanical machine can't move, right? So, so never underestimate the value of what you're doing. So that's the biggest... Um, it's a good lesson. It's a, probably a bit of a hard, shocking, <laughs> lesson, shocking <laughs> lesson to learn. Luby, uh, I th- I, I, what I really enjoy about the story is there's a very natural progression. Here. It doesn't seem like anything was too forced. What, what do you think about that? I think it's character building. And that is a process and it still will always be a work in process. Speaking about characteristic traits, what is it about you and your attitude that has made you come this far? And what's going to take you to the next level? Quality. Qualities. I think you've got more than one. I, I think he just said quality as yeah. his quality. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we, we'll count uh, humility out as, as one of the others right here. I love that. Ne- another one. Give us another so one. So this insistence on quality, I like yeah. it. But, but what, before we go into the next one, uh, what does that actually mean to you? What is, what is When you say, I want to always be associated with quality, what do you mean? Mm. So for me, I, I've, I've always said, if someone is going to do something, they need to do it right the first time around, Right. And that's that also comes from my mentor where he's always said, measure twice and cut once. Cut once, yeah. All right? So when I say quality, what I mean by that is, like, I mean, if I take it back to the business, if 
if we come out to, to perform a task or a job for you, the second call I get from you shouldn't be to say, listen, this, that, and the other mm. has gone wrong. Yeah. It should be to say, hey, listen, thanks for a great job. Here's my friend's number. I think he or she needs the same work done for us. So when you say quality, you actually are saying you want people to trust you. Correct. You want, you, you want that relationship to be solid. Um, and the way that we potentially measure it is quality, but the, maybe the way we describe it is trust. Hey? Hey? Uh, okay, a different uh, or an additional uh, characteristic? Honesty. Very closely related. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm very big on honesty. Truth hurts. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do feel everyone needs to hear the truth. And uh, I keep that very close to my heart. Best advice you've ever been given and by whom? Hmm. <laughs> It's a nice year on future CEOs, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take the best advice from the title of a book. Screw it, let's do it. Okay. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think when you read that book, you'll understand. It's a short read. I love my short reads. Mm. But although it's, it sounds like, oh, screw it, let's do it. It's, it's not just about that. It's, it, it's about being able to, to take a decision and walk a path that no one is willing to try walk mm. right mm. and and start start writing your own history very very nice another like great this. book for future CEOs community to get their hands on this is going to sound so cliche bring it animal farm uh, I don't know if cliche is the right word that's strange yeah animal farm yeah I was like walk mm. walk us down that path because <laughs> yeah. I'm lost so, so I mean, I think it was a silence there. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> tell us, so, tell us, tell us, Brené. So, a lot of people have, have read Animal Farm in school, right? But when you read it in school, it's, it's I mean, it's just it's a book about animals that don't get along at some point. Some point get along, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I took another read, like not so long ago, actually. I think it was about late last year. I read that book again, and you realize how. Those politics portrayed by the animals are so true in today's life, mm, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, it's, you just don't understand that book at that age when you read it. But, mm. but at the age we're at now, when you read it and you, and you can relate it to current affairs and you can relate it to business and you can relate it to your social life, it, it really has great value and it impacts in a huge way. We say it so often, and I share it so often, and again and again and again, but it's so valuable because it's such a nugget. But again, Mark Kutafani, CEO of Anglo-American, we sit with him, we have an interview with him, and he just says it so well. He says business and really leadership um, is all about people. And I think that's what I hear you saying here is that that book really helps us to understand how to navigate the world of people um, and we, sometimes we'll call it politics and sometimes we'll call it relationships and sometimes we'll call it business. But actually, it's people, 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 people. And Brittany, you seem to be quite a personable individual, which is fantastic. I mean, we're sitting outside. You're very casual, very relaxed. Yeah. Uh, what is it about you that or how have you been able to develop that side of you when so many people seem so insecure and then they portray something that isn't honest, that you can't trust? And, mm. um, You're on a roll today, baby. <laughs> Love it. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm using his words, so it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely our guest here. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, how have you been able to develop that side of who you are? 
you know what? I think it's just something I've grown up with. Um, just throughout my whole life, people have been like, oh, you're such a people's person. And, oh, are you so great to be around? Hey, I was, let me try to be humble. But, yeah, no, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I've always wanted to be that person that brings the odd person into the, the conversation, into mm. the circle. Okay. Mm. Let's, let's be one. Let's be on the same page. Mm. Um, didn't you get that joke? Okay, cool. I'll explain it to you later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> laugh, laugh. That, that's the signal. Just, just laugh. laugh for now, right? Like, we'll sort the rest out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, I think it's, it's something I've grown up with. My family is very open as well, very sociable. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things. You've mentioned mental mentorship and its value to you and its value in your journey. Correct. Who is your mentor? Are you a mentor? And the value of the mentors in your current journey. Yeah, so what have you learned? Mentorship for me is a big one. Um, it, for me, mentorship provides a lot of guidance, a lot of structure to an unstructured situation. Um, I've got many mentors, uh, current journey being Grand Field. Uh, present journeys being the likes of Julia Loebscher, who was my neighbor when we were growing up. And I, I can't remember doing a single thing without consulting a mentor. Mm. And th- the reason for that is in our family, my dad's always said, we've made our mistakes, right? Mm. So you guys need to learn from our mistakes. There's no value in you guys repeating the mistakes we've made. Mm. And for me, that's that's where I then thought, okay, cool. Well, then mentorship must be the way, right? Um, so if we take if we take Grant for example, Grant is the CEO of a company, a Fed Group, and and by the way, we we will be talking to Grant very soon. Um, oh. Anyway, anyway, go on, <laughs> go on. Um, and so so being in in a business journey, almost every business decision. Is taken to Grant from my side. You know what I'm saying? So, like, not that I invite him to all um, mm. my meetings and stuff like that, but every time I feel like I'm faced with a challenge, he's the first person that comes to mind. And I think Grant must have gone through this before. It, it's always value in understanding what did he do. It's not to say I'm going to did go you, and do exactly correct. what he yeah, did. You don't want him to make the decision for you. You want to understand how he processed it. What, and 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 right. Hundred percent. I mean, also to to just understand how he understands it. You know, it, it might seem like a challenge to me, but he might present the opportunity in it, mm, right? Yeah. Um, or vice versa. I might, I might see an opportunity and I'll take it to him. I'm like, Hey, this is so great. This is what I want to do. And he's like, Whoa, have you considered this, that and the other? And, mm. and then you think, sure, this is, this is actually quite cool. Hey. And you know, I think entrepreneurship is, is a, is a lonely journey. We hey? hear that all the time, B. It's it's very lonely, and, and like Grant said to me the other day, like it's it's lonely at the top, eh? and that's that's, just, that's I'm experiencing that a lot lately. Um, I was actually just saying to Kate, all were outside there, that I've actually just come from 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 quite a, a low point in in my current journey at the moment, oh, where right, okay. where I thought, like, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like. I just feel like we, we're not, we're not, we're not doing what we're supposed to be you're doing. Just, you're just not getting there. Just it's not getting over that, that, that next bump, that next hill. hundred percent. And, and, and I appreciate the fact that you would share that, certainly in this kind of environment as well, because I think sometimes we, we certainly 
when I was younger and I was listening to, listening to shows or seeing interviews or whatever the case was, I would think, wow, that person's made it. There are no problems. And that's not yeah. really real life. Eh? I mean, that's not yeah. how it actually works. It's not always rainbows and butterflies and chocolate fond- fondue fountains. Right? <laughs> Cupcakes. And, and so, yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, we are actually running out of time. Uh, do you maybe have a final question that you, you want to pose? Um, Where do you see yourself in five years' time? That's a good question. Sure. Um, Five years' time, I see myself still in ABV construction. Um, hopefully, we'll have doubled our staff base, which is a big goal for us. Um, we want to start. We want to start taking on more responsibilities as a business. We want to start giving back more as a business as well. Um, but if I could just backtrack real quick to what you just said, um, Gareth. It's so important, and I, I always say to people, because people are always like, oh, but Brittany, how did you do it, this, that, and the other? And I'm like, guys, I've been to motivational talks as well. I've listened to people speak about their roads to success and all of that. And it always seems impossible until it's done, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I just want people to know that you've just got to, you just got to keep on keeping on, right? Mm. And... Life, life isn't a straight journey. Yeah, we all we all want to get to where we want to get to, but if you don't go through the ups and downs, how on earth are you going to handle that responsibility? Right. So I mean, it's it's all character building along the way. It's like and every phase or step in your life prepares you for the next. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I say to people, you know what? I'm I'm working my butt off now for my overnight success. I think that that is probably the right way to end the show. Let's not even mess with that. And and I look forward to being able to to see uh, your journey and how it unfolds and then having you back on the show with us um, so then we can speak about you and then really highlight again that this wasn't an overnight success um, and we we can talk again how you've been able to do it. Uh, That is, I think, what we're going to end on here. No final words? I like the I like the the shaking of the head. All right, guys, we'll be we'll be back, and we're going to be talking about, and it maybe really goes to what we were almost speaking about with Brinny here. We're going to be talking about transferring leadership. So one CEO well, nice. leaves, and the other one comes in. Um, how do we navigate that? What do we do? We'll be back right after this. This is CliffCentral.com.